Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to Episode 8 of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, media trainer and editor of veganbusinessmedia.com, the multimedia blog providing success tips for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. In this episode, I interview UK publicist Karen Ridges, owner of Mad Promotions, who also runs online TV station Veggie Vision TV. This is another audio interview I did for my book, Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Now, I love Karen because she's so passionate about PR. And in fact, I hired her to do some PR for me when I launched Vegan Ventures at London VegFest UK in October last year. And she got me on LBC Radio, the UK's largest talkback radio network. So she really knows her stuff. And what I've found about Karen is she's one of those rare publicists who really gets what journalists need and gives it to them. And as a journalist myself, I really appreciate PRs like Karen who make my job a lot easier. In this interview, Karen talks about how PR is still the best and fastest way to get recognition for your vegan business, why putting vegan front and centre when approaching journalists isn't always the best move, what to look for in a PR professional, what PR professionals expect of you, and much more. Here's the interview with Karen Ridges of Mad Promotions and Veggie Vision TV. Yeah, so if we kick off with the first one then, so a lot of the vegan business owners I've spoken to, particularly the smaller ones, they've said that um, a lot of their stuff, because it's vegan and a lot of times it's also organic and sustainable, it's more expensive because they're not able to buy in massive volume like, you know, big companies. Um, and so, their you know, their profit margins can be a bit tighter. So I'm just curious about how can businesses use PR to deal with the challenge to stay competitive and attract clients? Yeah, no, great. I mean, they're all great questions. Um, I would say that for me and for a lot of the people I work with, we're kind of like educators. You know, we're on an, a path that might be slightly different and it is making people aware of maybe why the costs are more, you know, the ethical reasoning behind them or the fact that you are working with small people or fair trade or whatever. Um, And it is a bit of education. You know, we are leaders in our field and we have to communicate the reasoning why things may cost a little bit more money um, and not be ashamed of it. Um, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I would, I am so anti McDonald's. It is unbelievable. I think it's vile. Um, but as a teenager, you know, I went there and I didn't realise how absolutely vile it was. But I have seen that they are selling, you know, burgers for one pound. Well, I, I paid that twenty years ago. There's got to be a cost somewhere, and it could be a cost to the planet the cost to the workers, the cost to the animals, the cost to the uh, environment that they're, they're placed in. There is a cost. Um, and, you know, things do cost. If you want to go and buy the cheapest, nastiest, fill up with chemicals, slave labour, absolute rubbish that is killing the earth, then, you know, that's when you're going to get cheap. But if you want to 
you know, whether it's clothing or food, if you want to pay a respectful price that's one that, you know, is still fairly affordable, then there is going to be a cost. And I do think that people don't always want the cheapest thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I liken it to when I had my son and I looked at baby monitors. Um, not that I even really used the baby monitor, but I did not go in there and say I need the cheapest one. I wanted the very best that was going to put my mind at rest, but yeah. didn't go against my beliefs. And that's the same with the food that I eat. Um, and I wouldn't say that I'm the most affluent person. And at times, our finances have been very difficult because of personal reasons. But I don't want to give in to my principles. And if eating a little bit, you know, organic is going to cost a few pennies more or fair trade is a few pennies more, then I would rather have one or two good items rather than a whole bunch of chemical-laden cheap stuff. Anyway, I'm really yeah. rabbiting on. Sorry. <laughs> I better not talk this much. We will be here all day. But I love what you said about, yeah, making uh, uh, customers aware of that. I think that's a really important it is, point. Yeah, yeah. It, I, so I yeah definitely. Yeah. We're, we're educators. We've got to exactly. think that if we educate the media through our PR, then we are educating the reader, the listener, the viewer. And it is about education and communication. And if we can make sure that we, we actually, and use it as a PR thing, you know, yeah. we are not the cheapest. This is why. We are ethical. We know where our food chain is. I mean, what about in England? I was called into Sky News to represent vegetarians in the UK last year. You know, people were eating horse. Oh, you know, gosh. it broke the heart of everybody in the UK. It's the cheapest food that people, you know, they don't know the, the food chain. Whereas if you yeah. work with, if you eat a vegan product, they are going to know every step of the way where every single ingredient is. Got it. Excellent. You can't. Yeah. You can't. So use it to your advantage. We are not the cheapest because we care, we're making a difference, we're fair trade, we're organic, we're supporting such and such, we give this to charity, you know, sing the praises. Perfect, love it. Thank you, Karen. That's a brilliant answer. I love that. Oh, sorry, I will try and keep it smaller. <laughs> In regards to, and you would understand this as well, I guess, as a business person yourself, um, that, that overwhelm, you know, when you're running your own business, it's not like just going in and doing your nine to five and you're done. There's a, so much to juggle. And now there's social media thrown into the mix as well that sometimes business owners can feel a bit overwhelmed. I'm curious. It's not strictly a PR question, but I'm just curious from your point of view, running your own PR business. How do you deal with that overwhelm and what advice would you give to other uh, business owners uh, on how oh, to cope with that? Honestly, nobody ever says this when you want to set up your own business. You live, you breathe, you cannot escape. It can be completely overwhelming. The best thing is to get the best team around you. But as small business owners, we don't often have the finances That's to right. do so. Um, yeah. You know, but look into different options, look into other small businesses, look into other um, individuals that can take a bit of the pressure off. I have a bookkeeper. I have an accountant. I don't pay them full time. And yes, it does cost me money. But 
they are freeing up some of my time and doing a job a lot more quickly than what I could do. If I wanted to do my own account, it would take me such a long time. Um, they can do it in a fraction of the time, and then I can focus on what earns my money or, or focus on my business. So um, I don't have all the answers. I'm as overwhelmed most of the time as everybody else is. And really, nobody ever said to me when I said I'm going to set up my business that there's no escape. If you don't work as a small business owner, it is very likely you are not getting paid unless you're selling products online or something. But if you don't work, so if you want to go and have a holiday, that's great. But that holiday is going to actually cost you a lot of money. Yeah, um, right. Nobody ever said this to me. And, you know, I remember as well, you know, I used to think when I worked up in London, oh, I haven't been sick for uh, six months. I think I'll take three days off and, you know, just have a bit of a spring clean, have a bit of me time. Because I was never ill. I'm a vegan. <laughs> um, <laughs> but now... There is no escaping. I can't really take that time off. And I remember a while back, I, I picked up a bit of a bug that my son had, um, and I was very sick. But by lunchtime, I felt a bit better. I was back at my desk at one o'clock. Now, yeah. if I was working for somebody, I would have had two or three days off. But I was, I'm running my own business, so I had four hours off. Um, so there are things that will add to your overwhelm. It's really, I would say, as a small business owner, find the right people that are supportive on your wavelength that can work with you maybe on an ad hoc basis until you build up to take some of the pressure off. Do not think you can do it all because you can't and you will make yeah. yourself ill. You really need to have some team around you. And depending on what you, what you do, you may even find some volunteers. You know, I, I do believe in paying people their worth. So... You know, I, I, that, that's how I, I sort of work it. But if I'm a, a show or an exhibition, frequently I'll have some lovely people that just want to volunteer. They're happy to give up a day to have a great laugh and, and to maybe promote Veggie Vision. Um, wow. And that's really super. So I think it's all about building up, taking a deep breath, um, knowing that you know, it's going to be very difficult to switch off. However, you're in control of your life, your destiny. You don't need to ask anyone if you have a day off. You don't need to ask permission if you've got kids to go and pick up your kids or go and see your kid in the school production. You just work it all in. It's so fulfilling. It is the best thing I've ever done. I've never worked so fucking hard in my life. <laughs> and I'm about to celebrate 10 years and it has flown by. So... You know, take a deep breath, and I'm just so sorry I'm going on, but it's so it's such a big passion of mine, and I'm still it. learning. I can, I, I'm I still learning, and honestly, I think everybody should at least spend a year running their own business because you appreciate people, support, yes. and money much, much more than when you're just doing your job. You walk out at five o'clock, you get paid at the end of the month. It's all very lovely. You know, I, I was in banking for 17 years and I learned more about money in the first year of running my own business than I ever did in banking. 
Brilliant. Um, I love that. Yeah. Great quote. I love that. <laughs> so yeah. on the time thing, Karen, approximately how many hours a week do you recommend that business owners spend working on their business rather than in it? So, you know, taking that big picture stuff, maybe brainstorming new ideas for publicity and, and marketing, for example. Um, I think it does depend. Um, and I learned a good tip from somebody fairly recently and that was to actually start your day with your publicity or your social media or your sending out of your email. Start the day doing that, whether you want to get into the office slightly earlier. Um, but it's one of those things that is important, but at times perhaps not urgent. And it's one of those things that it is important, but because it's not particularly urgent, we think, oh, I'll do that later. I'll do, oh, I'll do that. I'll do that tomorrow. But then something else comes up. And such a good tip is to just start your day. Um, that, that that has really worked for me. But again, I'm still a work in practice. I'm not, you know, a master at this. And I think it just depends as well on what what part what stage you are at your business. I mean, when you're first starting, you've really got to put everything out there. Um, years ago, when I was doing some acting, um, everybody wanted to learn their lines. They all wanted to be the best actor. But for me, it was the bums on seats because it doesn't matter how good the performance is. It doesn't matter how good the product is. It doesn't matter how good the business is if nobody knows about it. And that's actually what set me on the path of PR because I was getting people on the front pages of newspapers and I didn't even know it was called PR. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, if you're starting out, you've really got to spend as much time as you possibly can um, to, to build up awareness. And then when you're very, very busy, don't let it completely fall by the wayside. Um, you know, because all of a sudden you'll find that actually, you know, your current projects have run out and, hey, where's the next lot of work coming in from? Or, you know, I've had these big orders and then, hey, where's the next lot of big orders? So keep it up, even if it is getting into your office an hour earlier and spending two hours in the morning before you start your actual work. I, I think that's a really good way to fit in your social media, your newsletters and, and some promotion. Or again, you know, work with, do find the right people. I, I specialise in working with small businesses um, and I provide them opportunities that they never, ever would have. And, um, I mean, one lady I've just worked with, she's on the front page of a lovely local business magazine. She's got talking to a celebrity face-to-face, uh, -face, you know. Um, we've got you know, editors reviewing her product. She's a gorgeous lady. I'm thrilled to be working with her. Um, and this is because she put trust in me. She came up with a little bit of budget. We're not talking about budget that's going to, you know, break the bank. Um, and she trusted me with that. I've run off. I've done what I can do. And she's getting results. But while I'm doing that for her, she's then focused. She's got more time to focus on her business. Yeah, so absolutely. To find the right team. 
Perfect. In terms of like, if we look at like the vegan business arena nowadays, there's actually now a lot more options for people to buy, you know, vegan products, vegan services. Um, how do you, how can vegan business owners use PR to stand out within that vegan business arena as well as, you know, stand out uh, amongst the, the, the greater uh, business arena? Yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, I think, you know, within the business world, then absolutely tell everybody you're vegan. Um, I am so vegan, it's unbelievable. It's, you know, I live and breathe vegan. Um, I think, you know, some people must look at me and I've got it tattooed on my forehead or something. It's, it's my big passion. However, I know as a PR person and a writer myself that, Again, we go back to education. You know, some people don't understand vegan. They don't really know what it's all about. Um, you know, uh, it's, um, again, as I say, it's education. Um, and I think at times I have said to the healthy media, this is a healthy product. I have said to the women's magazines, this is suitable for women of all ages. Or I said to the vegetarian media, this is vegetarian. I said to the organic media, it's organic. So depending on what it is, I've, I've, I, things have to be relevant to the media. Um, for me, running Veggie Vision, somebody I, I get told all the time about this celebrity and that celebrity. Well, unless they're vegetarian or vegan, it's not really relevant. Yes. So yeah. I would say to people, really make it relevant. If if you are if you have a vegan product, why don't you tell your area, the media in your area where you live, about it? You can say that it's vegan, but the relevance to them is that you're local. It, you yeah. know, if you go to if you're a woman in business and you you know you go to business media, tell them that you're a woman in business. That that's more relevant to them than being a vegan product. If you go to the vegan media, tell them it's vegan and it's lovely and why you're vegan. So I think don't hide from it, but there's certain things that may be more key to playing the media game that is going to benefit your business. And they're the ones that I would say are, are more vital. If your product is organic and you go to magazines that love organic stuff, really highlight that. And say it's vegan, but if you go in and say I'm vegan, I'm vegan, I'm vegan, they're going to sort of sort of think, well, uh, so what? You know, our biggest advertiser is a meat company. <laughs> it just happens to be organic. Do you see what I mean? That, that's how I would say. I would say absolutely sing the praises, and at the same time, um, focus on what is more relevant to the actual media that you are reaching to really get them hooked in. Yeah, no, that's brilliant advice, which I can definitely relate to being a journalist. That's absolutely brilliant yeah. advice. Um, so Thanks, for businesses yeah. to succeed, Karen, um, they generally need some form of expert help, like you mentioned, you know, to ensure that the business can grow and to free up their time. At what stage should a new vegan business hire a PR professional or seek some kind of professional PR help? Oh, absolutely, at any time. Don't wait. I mean, you know, I, I've worked with people that have been absolutely brand new. And again, through Veggie Vision, I have PR companies come, coming to me and saying, this is just about to launch. Um, will you tell your viewers? You know, so at any stage you can do it. And they will work with you as well to bring out the story, to bring out the benefits. So it could be that you are about to celebrate your 
first anniversary, your fifth anniversary, your 25th anniversary, you know, all different things. So, yeah, really, at, at absolutely any stage, as soon as maybe you've got some budget or you want to step it up or, you know, you, you want to get people knowing about your product. Um, at the end of the day, I say to people, it's not rocket science. You know, people can do it themselves, but the journalists that I speak to prefer to speak to a PR person. You know, right. if, if there is something, if they don't really like the product, it's easier to tell the PR person than to tell the person that's made the product. Right. You know, because journalists, like, as you know, we are real people at the end of the day, and they, a lot of the media I speak to don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I've never really had that. It, it's just what people have said to me. Um, yeah. So I think journalists know that PR people, you know, it's a love-hate relationship, isn't it? I mean, you know, we all know how it all works and what to say and what to make it work. So a lot of media prefer to speak to PR people. I'm, I think it's absolutely fine for people to, to make it, you know, work on it themselves because it's not rocket science. And again, at any stage in the business, whenever you feel that actually, you know, I do want to work with somebody and, you know, I've, I've worked with people years ago and they might come back to me for one project a year um, or some people I might not have even spoken to for a couple of years. They've still got my details on their website as their PR person. Yeah. So it yeah. makes them look more prestigious. It is playing a silly old game, but if you have got a PR person or a PR company, it adds to your brand. It adds to you know who you are you're not just you know you're taking your business seriously got it that's brilliant now many vegan startups though they may say well look they can't afford to pay for pr help what's your response to that well can you afford not to yeah. <laughs> you know, i know it's silly i mean i don't sell my work at all i don't promote my pr business i don't have a facebook page for my pr i don't have um, uh, I, I don't have anything for my PR other than recommendation. Um, so I'm not here to sort of sell. I, I've always got a waiting list of clients because it's all word of mouth, and I'm very, very grateful um, for all of the work I've had. I, I feel very blessed because people are parting with their hard-earned money. Um, so I'm very, very grateful. Um, but I think... Um, oh, how can I say it, really? a case that they should prioritise that so rather than think of it as something as a luxury that to, to try and get yeah. I mean it is a necessity um, you can do it You can, people have run good businesses and it's you know it's quite nice you've got some stuff on your website you've got some stuff on your social media but I feel at the end of the day nothing beats when you're putting on your Facebook page look at what this magazine said about me yeah. So you open up the magazine and this is what this editor has said about my product or my service or my book or whatever it is. Um, yeah. it, it's word of mouth, but it's a journalist saying it about you. Nothing really can beat that. Or, you know, I mean, I don't know if every PR does this, but I connect a lot of businesses to celebrities. And, you know, you don't know what the celebrity is necessarily going to say. Um, yeah. But a celebrity, I think, you know, if you're speaking to a celebrity or their agent, they would expect to be dealing with a PR person and not necessarily the, the company or the company owner directly. 
nothing beats that. If you get somebody, especially with us vegans, you find a vegetarian or a vegan um, celebrity, and then that celebrity says, you know, they, they want to support, they, they want to help. We all know that we're doing this for love and to make the world a better place. Yes, it has to make money because it's a business, and if we don't make money, we can't grow, and we can't yeah. spread the vegan word. Um, if you actually get a vegan celebrity to say, oh, I love this product, you know, uh, it, 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 the difference it makes, it raises your profile. It raises your profile. It raises awareness. You can promote the promotion. Um, it, it's lovely. I don't think really anything beats that to, to really raise a profile and to, to be seen as the person, as that go-to person. Perfect. Now, Karen, you know, the internet and social media, it's kind of a wash a bit at the moment with so many people, you know, claiming to be PR or, you know, marketing experts. And I think many of us have been burned, by, you know, by investing our time and money with someone who's ultimately disappointed. So what would you say, what are the key things that vegan businesses, other than calling you, of course, but what are the key things? <laughs> What are the key things vegan business owners should look for and take into account when hiring a PR professional? Well, you know what? It's really heartbreaking because I think in the past month, I've had three people come to me that have been really let down. And I am shocked with what I've heard. And I don't disrespect anybody. Um, I think we're all trying to do the best we can. But when I have people coming to me in tears and I'm getting them out of a mess um, or I'm listening to them and giving them some advice because they've been let down by some actually some quite big companies, um, it is really shocking. Um, I think you've got to do your research, talk to other people. How have they found working with that person? Is that person on the same wavelength? Do they really care about you? I had one company come to me and said, I employed a PR company. They didn't even know what vegan was. And I'm like, why the hell have you spoken to this company? They don't even know what vegan is. Your whole brand is vegan. It's why would you work with them? Um, and it's just absolutely crazy. They don't care. They are paid to promote anyone and everyone. They really don't care. And the thing that really annoys me, because I don't employ people. Um, I have freelancers that I work with as and when I need them. I speak to companies that have interns. They are paying the intern nothing. Or to, uh, and the one lady said, I'm being paid £10 an hour. I am being charged out at £120 an hour plus VAT. I don't know what I'm doing, Karen. Will you please help me? Can I work with you? Wow. And I'm like, for God's sake, I charge nowhere near that. I offer so much to the people I work with because I bloody care about them. You know, if I won the lottery, I'd probably be doing this and just to make a difference and not to bloody charge anyone. And I'm really getting wound up now. <laughs> oh, my God. But be careful because you could be working with a teenager that's on work experience, paying a lot of money. You'll meet the account manager who's all lovely and experienced and you'll have a glass of wine and it all sounds fantastic, but they're not going to be the ones doing your promotion. Right. That's um, a really And it point. really does wind me up because I, I think the world is big enough for everybody. I think there is enough work for everybody. I I don't see PR people's competition. Some of my best contacts are PR people. We bounce ideas off of each other. 
it's fantastic. But when That's I hear great. people coming to me in tears, yeah, because they have been let down. Um, one lady went to a, a big organisation and uh, for a launch, no journalists were coming. They had to cancel the whole thing. Oh, um, oh it's, uh, it's a difficult one because I suppose there's sort of. It, it can, do you feel that it's quite difficult to guarantee results because you've kind of you know you are relying on the media? So, cause, oh. do you think sometimes? People, I guess well, my next question was, you know, on the flip side, that business owners also need to be prepared to implement any strategies that, you know, a good PR professional such as yourself identified, you know, making sure they do rock up to the interviews or do whatever. So I guess yeah. I'm curious, what do you look for in a vegan business owner before deciding whether to take them on as a client and whether or not they have unrealistic expectations? What's your experience? Well, that, that is the thing that, you know, you, the PR person has to manage the expectations. And what I say to people is there is no guarantee with PR. I don't know what the editor's going to say or what the radio producer's going to say or what the celebrity's going to say. Um, I have invested thousands of pounds in the very best PR technology because I want the best for who I work with. So, you know, I promote authors, I promote editors, I promote writers, and I get them more work in the media. Um, and small business owners, I, I raise their profile in the media because I can, I can actually reach all of the media in the world. And I'm overwhelmed when I say this, but I have tools that, that small business owners, you haven't got the time to invest in. You haven't got the time to find out about them. Why would you pay all of this money? Because you're not going to utilize it on, on such a regular basis. If you're, yeah. if you're going to, go to just a handful of magazines. I mean, I, I promoted someone to Australian media. The Australian media are gorgeous. They're lovely. They're so supportive. I was inundated with replies. It was a pleasure. You do not get that in the UK media. <laughs> they are a different breed. Oh, my God. They are a completely different breed. Um, yeah, just an absolute shocker. There are no guarantees with PR, and I think if anyone guarantees, then you, there's something, you know, because you don't know. We just had um, quite a top TV presenter die of cancer over here. Well, you send a press release out at that time, it, it, it just it can't get through with the, with the news that everybody else is talking about. We don't know when someone's going to die. Or, you know, a royal family member has a baby and, you know, you, you don't know. You're competing against your competitors. You're competing against other news. You're competing against celebrities. <coughs> Excuse me. You don't know who is going to reply. I've had editors come back to me after a year after sending the press release out and saying, this works for me now. I'd like to do a feature on you, on your client." So you don't know when. It's a ripple effect. Uh, but all I would say is get to, you know, get to connect with as many good media as you can and try to build up good relationships with them. Keep getting your message out there because sooner or later you will be seen as the go-to expert person and the media yeah. will come to you. But that does take time and resources. And if you can't do it, you want, you're going to take your business seriously. Find someone that can do it for you. For sure. So what do you look for in a bit like, because you, you say you've got a waiting list, Karen. What do you look for in a vegan business owner in this instance? You know, what makes that decision for you to say, yeah, I'll take them on? 
they're going to be you know a decent client they're going to do what well, I, I mean, yeah, yeah sometimes you don't know until you're working with them I, I turned people away because their products are not vegan if they they've come to me with 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 products um in particular to promote and they're not vegan now I I can't work with them um because I cannot promote a product that's not vegan um however you know I've worked with an estate agent with an accountant um, and done their promotion with a newspaper, you know. So they're not vegan, but that doesn't come into the equation if you see what exactly. I mean. Um, I, I wish I, I would love to be just completely vegan companies, but you know, I'm a business. These people yeah. are nice. They're great. They're making the world a better place in their own way and helping others. Um, I'm not in a position to turn them down. Unless, yeah. obviously, as I've said, that people come to me and said, I've got this new whatever chocolate bar and it's full of dairy and it's full of honey and we've got like thousands of pounds will you work with us well actually no I, I someone come to me beautiful uh, designer bags we've got thousands of pounds to invest with you Karen will you promote our bags are they leather yes sorry good luck no. not yeah. touching you at yeah. all um yeah. Yeah. That, 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 there's not even a split second where I debate the idea. However, I'm not in such a big business position that I can, you know, I wouldn't be able to do it whatsoever. But, it, you know, yeah, that, that's it really. But what am I looking for in a business owner? Someone that's passionate, someone that's likable, someone that's fun, um, someone that's going to take PR seriously someone that will reply to my emails and understand that if I ask a question, I need the answer urgently because there's a reason why probably an, an, a magazine editor is asking me to ask it. Um, I need someone with great images. Images are vital. Um, I've, I've had people get coverage because of how wonderful their images are. Um, you know, so, yeah, really uh, great images. But people just uh, that take it seriously and want to have fun, that understand as well that there really is no guarantee. However, in saying that, everybody I've worked with in the past 10 years has gained editorial and it's been worth a lot more than their PR investment. They've been on radio. I've got people writing for magazines. I've got people on TV, um, all sorts of stuff. I've got to say, though, I'm an honest bloody person. <laughs> you know, I, there is no guarantee. I don't know what that editor's going to say. But so far, touch wood, I think because of, you know, the person that the universe gets me connected with, I love them and a lot of the media love them. Brilliant. What challenges do you find, Karen, as a PR professional of getting vegan issues and vegan businesses into the media? Like I, I interviewed Kezia Jorian, who runs Evolutus PR, the vegan uh, PR company in the US, and she was saying that the media, particularly over there, they like the uplifting happy animal stories, but less so the stuff that's, you know, highlighting animal exploitation and stuff. I mean, she works with not-profits as well. So I'm just curious, like, wh whether you find something similar or, or what, you know, if there are any particular challenges challenges you find you know getting coverage for for vegan issues and vegan businesses so what do you mean let me just see if i'm so do you mean because they are vegan yeah yeah so so let me just make sure i understand so because they're vegan businesses they might not get coverage 
Yeah, so whether there's, any, yeah. Yeah, whether there's any particular challenges around getting, you know, kind of vegan issues and vegan businesses into the media because no. of the, what they're, you know, yeah. like you could say, what big advertisers who are, you know, like meat or pharmaceuticals, whatever. Oh, so, absolutely. You know, we are battling. We are battling against these guys that have got all the money. And don't get me started with the... <laughs> You know, oh, my God, you know, um, it it can influence it. But, I mean, a a good magazine has got to have a fair balance. You know, you are not going to buy a magazine that is advert after advert after advert. There's got to be some editorial. Um, I know a lot of magazines that, especially free magazines, you know, they are going to support their advertisers more than just somebody saying, hey, you can have some free publicity. You know, it's yes. very, very difficult to win that free publicity. You, you've you got to beat off, you've got to beat off so much. I was based at a local newspaper. They can get 100 press releases every single day. Are they going to reply to everyone? Are they going to reply to five? You know, have they got the time? Are they on a deadline? And it's not just for a vegan business. You know, I've worked with products that are, they are not vegan, but they are not not vegan, if you know what I mean. I get it. So it might I be, totally get it. Yeah. 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 You know, it, it might be made of plastic, you know, but it's a, it's a tool to help, you know, beauty or whatever, something like that. Um, yeah. And they still have the same issues as a vegan business. Um somebody did say to me, look, I don't think I'm going to get publicity because it's vegan. Um, And again, it's all about education and it's all about raising that person's profile as the go-to person in their field. It's getting a PR person to work with them because then they look more prestigious and knowing that everybody, vegan, meat product, we all have the same issues because you are fighting really for that really small amount of space. Um which you don't want to pay for. You want it as editorial. Um, so everybody has has those um, has the same issue. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm just trying to think if there's anything to add. Does that cover it, do you think? I'm not oh, sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, I'm getting to the end now because I'm just asking you some really key questions. You've been so generous with your, your insight. Can you say something, Karen, about how you think social media and media work together I don't want to ask I think my question was originally you know why is one or what are the advantages of media over social media but I think maybe a better question is how the two can work in tandem right so how your publicity can work with social media yeah, so how, yeah, how, you know, actual traditional media, including online media, uh, work in tandem with social media? Like, or what are the advantages of, of one over the other? Or how do you see that they may work together? So maybe having a, a big social media presence could make a journalist more likely to cover a business in the media or anything like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, well, definitely. I mean, I think it does all add up now. When people do look at how many Twitter followers you've got, how many page... Um, likes you've got um, and it does all add up Um, and again you know when um, you know I'm inviting journalists to an event or something and I get people coming back I will look at you know if if that is a blogger I will look at how um, how big they're following is so it definitely is key Um, I think 
you know, at the end of the day, to me, nothing beats the traditional media. So, you know, if you are on radio, if you get some radio interviews, then, you know, that, that to me is better than getting 20 likes on a picture that you put on Facebook. You know, you on radio is raising your profile. You're serious. You know, you yeah. getting 20 likes or 100 likes, that's great. It all adds to it. But I just don't think anything beats radio or getting in a magazine. But then what I say to people is, you know, there's your website. There's your product or your services. You go on radio. Then on your website, you say, I've heard on such and such. I'm a regular on this radio station. You know, hear me on this station. See me in this magazine. I now write for this magazine. It could only be, it might even be just a few things. Now, if people find you using social media, they might not have heard you on radio. They might not have seen your article in the magazine. They might have found you on Facebook. Now, if they go to your website and then they see all of this about you, they are more likely, I feel, to, to buy, to be interested in your products because you're not just, you know, a little website that's set up. Actually, you're taking this seriously because you are on radio. You, have, you are in this magazine. You are in this newspaper. So yeah. I think that people might find you just on Facebook, but if you've got the PR, um, the PR behind you, backing you up, no matter how people find you, that really does add weight to your, your brand and your business. I can't see anything that will beat it, really. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree with you. So that was Karen Ridges of Mad Promotions and Veggie Vision TV. You can find out more about Karen at mad-promotions.com and veggievision.tv. And you can find those links on the show notes page at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts. Now for our Vegan Business News Roundup. A vegan honey made from organic apples got not one but three investors on Shark Tank interested in their product last week. Bee Free Honey is the brainchild of Katie Sanchez, who was attempting to make apple jelly many years ago, and it came out in a different consistency, which was similar to honey. So this product is actually a happy accident. (laughs) Kate and her co-owner, Melissa Elms, went on season seven of the popular US TV show in which business owners pitch ideas to the sharks to get a deal. Now, while some sharks didn't get it, Barbara Corcoran loved the cause behind the product, which is saving bees, and wanted in. She was joined by Mark Cuban and guest shark Chris Sacker. Bee Free Honey received $210,000 for 30% equity in their business, which was split evenly among all three investors. I'm so thrilled to see another vegan product get investors on this show. We really are going mainstream. And I hope the sales become international as well because I'm very keen to try the product. V-Spot is a new vegan eatery set to open in Trinity Groves, West Dallas, reports Culture Map Dallas. The new spot's owned by Troy Gardner, who's the owner of Samson's Hot Dogs, which already has an 85% vegan menu. But this one's going to be all vegan. Vegan comfort food at affordable prices will be on offer to attract the millennials, the generation most open to vegan food. Vigance, the world's first and largest vegan grocery store, has announced plans to open in Portland in the US, reports EcoWatch. 
former Mercedes-Benz manager Jan Pradak founded Vigants in 2011 in Berlin, Germany, and since then he's opened a chain of supermarkets across Europe. Now he's got his sights set on the US. Not everyone is happy about this, though. Some are worried about the impact Vigants will have on Food Fight, Portland's existing vegan grocery store. And that's an interesting conundrum, I think, that we're likely to see a lot more of as competition in the vegan marketplace continues to heat up. And finally, designer Stella McCartney has announced an all-vegan men's fashion line for her summer and spring 2017 collection, reports Veg News. I'm really happy to hear this, particularly because the line is vegan. As Veg News points out, Stella does use wool and silk in her women's collections, but she speaks out strongly against fur and leather. In fact, when I was in London late last year launching my book Vegan Ventures, I was walking along the street in Kensington and I saw in the distance the word fur and it was all lit up with bright lights in a shop window. And first of all, I thought, oh gosh, it's a fur shop. And I thought, what, what shall I do? Well, I go in and, you know, do a bit of activism. And <laughs> But when I actually got closer, I saw that it was Stella's shop and she had a message across the whole window that was all about rejecting fur. So that was a relief. <laughs> and it's really good to see mainstream designers getting into vegan fashion lines, specifically for men as well. I think this is a really growing trend and a growing market. There's quite a lot happening in the vegan women's fashion space, but a vegan men's fashion space is really growing and it's fantastic to see Stella get on board with this. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please consider giving it a review and a rating on iTunes or any other platform you're listening on. I'm Katrina Fox from veganbusinessmedia.com and I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. Bye for now. 